It was called Raw Meat in America, but I'm not sure that helped its box office potential. No. This is um, Deathline. It's a 1972 movie, and um, it's not very good. It's another um, American International Pictures and Rank um, togetherness. And it's um, it has... The most interesting thing about it, really, is that it has some... A, an extraordinary collection of actors. The basic idea is that the troops frightening, in it? Of a night? Frightening? Yes, it is. That iconic moment where the... Where an American werewolf in London, the gentleman is stalked by the werewolf through the tube. And as he turns the corner, you see it from above and you just see the, the werewolf come after him. And there are lots and lots of movies that are set in the tube and recent movies. So, yes, that's what this one uses. There is someone in the tube who has always been there. He's sort of, he is a man but not really a man. And all he can shout is, mind the doors, mind the doors, mind the doors. Yeah, it sounds like a goon show script to me. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not ideal. So he is attacking people. You don't need to know much more about it. Um, James Cousins is in early on, you know James Cousins, with the little ginger moustache, man from the ministry or man from the civil service has a bowler and a, and a, a, a wrapped umbrella because people in the 70s did and actually they did. That's not just a cipher, they did. He's seen frequenting strip clubs so the first thing you get for the first about five minutes is you know pictures of, of bill posters for strip clubs and all that and he's in and out and and then when he gets to the tube, he propositions someone he believes to be a prostitute who then um, needs him in his meeting too, which is good. Very good. Gets his comeuppance, but not as much as he does later on, as he's found comatose and clearly dead by a couple who argue about whether they should go to the police or not. Well, they do. And there's where the fun starts. Now, that's your basic plot. In the end, or halfway through, in fact, the female part of the couple gets caught on the tube, or rather goes home, um, because her boyfriend goes back into the tube train to pick up her books that she's previously that she's previously bought in a scene that we don't really need in a bookshop, but a flirting, don't really need it. And um, and he goes home, she goes home, or is, is to go home, and he's going to go to the next stop and then walk back. Only she doesn't make it because she's grabbed by the gentleman, yes, who is called the cannibal or the man. He's got loads of bodies, which enables um, the American poster for raw meat have lots of scantily clad women on the front, which doesn't really harm sales now, does it? So that's your basic idea. It's the police trying to find him, and in the end, um, 
they do, but they don't they don't bang him up or anything. He's still around. Right at the end, you hear, Right at the doors. He's quite a sad character, really. So, you know, he's he's brutal and a cannibal and killing people for... F- but not for fun. That's because that's all he's ever done, I suppose. Everyone's got to have a hobby. And he be, he's quite a sad creature. So you're not quite sure how to feel about him, to be honest. The performance isn't fleshed out. Ha, 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 ha. And Hugh Armstrong, who played it, plays it, you know, as well as he can, really. You know, he's... He, he, He's, he manages it. He's got a lot of boils and things like that and large teeth. Got, got some teeth in there. And originally, apparently it was due to be played by Marlon Brando. He's slobbing it, isn't he? But his son was ill, so he couldn't do it. I mean, really? You don't... It would have been something else entirely. And I think probably it would have unbalanced the movie. Not that the movie isn't unbalanced anyway, but there are some finely nuanced performances here. Because at the head of all this, you have Christopher Lee. You have Clive Swift. You have Norman Rossington. And you have Donald Pleasance. Yes. Let me explain. It sounds like a motley crew, doesn't it? Christopher Lee plays Stratton Villiers, the man from MI5 or from the Civil Service, who I think he also played in Scream and Scream Again, didn't he? Didn't he play that man there as well? Big Tash. More of that in a minute. He took the job, apparently, for Equity Min. Equity Minimum, I think, because he wanted to work with Pleasance. And they're only together in one scene, and they're never together on, on screen. They're always separated. Anyway, the other three people are the police. So you've got um, Clive Swift as a kind of... Um, he's Inspector Richardson, but he's, he's sort of a, the one of the three who's more cerebral, so they bring him in to, to, to be a thinker, a bit of a thinker. You've got Norman Rossington as Detective Sergeant Rogers, who's sort of an, all right, mate, all right, all right, yeah, all right, Inspector, yeah. He's... He has that easy way about him, Norman Rossington. And then you've got Donald Pleasance as Inspector Calhoun. Now, Donald Pleasance has a lot of... He's, he's, a, he's not a small actor. And yet his work is grounded. He makes big decisions. And yet the work is always grounded in some kind of character work. And that's never more obvious than here. This inspector is obsessed with tea. He has to have a constable bringing him a cup of tea. When he's when he's awoken in the middle of the night, he's got a little teapot by the side of his bed and he has to pour the dregs of the tea to, to have a drink before he can get up. He's always interested in tea. So, you know, he's he's while he's, talk, while he's interrogating people, he's t- fishing the bag, tea bag out and doing all that. And it's lovely. It's It, it, it just takes it, it the person he's interrogating it takes them away from that sense while they're watching him do all that and think he's not very interested here then he hits them with a really sharp question there is a really good mind and a sharp police mind behind a sort of world weariness it's not as world weary as as alfred marx in and now the screaming stars we just scream and scream again let me just check this out for a minute 
it is Scream and Scream again. And he doesn't play Stratton Villiers, but he plays Fremont, a similar character, really. Anyway, have a look at that movie. It's confused, but interesting. So Pleasance has a kind of, I've seen it all, were weary feel. And he's also, and you'll note this, particularly from uh, The Black Windmill, one of the other films he's in. Uh, have a look at that, it's a great movie. He has a predilection for handkerchiefs. Either one in his top pocket or one that he uses here. He's touching cotton quite a lot in this movie. Not in that way, blowing his nose constantly. Big, big handkerchief. And you know, that's one of the, um, that's one of the kind of little bits of little winks that he has. It's lovely, lovely work. And he he doesn't dominate this movie because Pleasance never does that. He has the sense of acting to never dominate a movie. Unlike perhaps Christopher Lee. When they join in their scene, it's lovely early on because he goes to, he and Rossington go to the, um, to the home of the civil servant and, and it's it's well stocked and he says blimey they must be paying what they're paying civil servants these days they so what's all this worth anything anything worth nicking they have a bit of a laugh and then they want to find some information at which point Donald Pleasance Jemmy's open Stratton Villiers desk to take some papers out looks shamefaced about it it's like it's like Frost on the first episode of that when he um when he, he, he gets into a to a room by gets into a house by getting the door open and says, "Oh, I must stop doing that." It's like that. It's you know, it, there's a bit of a sort of strong arm feel to it that we are the law and we can do anything. They, they then find a secret room, and then Stratton Villiers arrives, and there is a lovely bit of jousting. Stratton Villiers says, "You know the." But they are, they are, they aren't in the same shot. What they're op- opposite sides of a long room, which shows their opposition, of course, in a very basic way, I suppose. Y- y- you could say Gary Sherman directed this, and it's it, it, it looks moody. It just look it looks washed out because it's early seventies, which is a very good look. So you know, there's quite a lot of down at heel stuff going on. You know, he. He did Poltergeist 3 as well, Gary Sherman. Yeah, let's, uh, let's leave that there. And in the scene that they are in together, there is some lovely verbal jousting. Well scripted, and they can do it so well. There's a lovely bit where Stratton Villiers advises him that the case is closed. There's a missing person, the case is closed. And <laughs> Donald, Pleasance's, Donald Pleasance's character, Pleasance's character, Inspector Calhoun says, well, it's a missing person. I don't see him around, do you? To which Stratton Villiers replies, very droll, Inspector. There's a lot of that going on. It's lovely. Donald Pleasant has a really kind of small, small man, sharp. A little bit of, little bit of London, but not quite, but really, really sharp. Nothing gets past him. And indeed in this movie, nothing really does. It's a schlock piece. There's death. There's murder, it's a thriller, it's quite fantastical, and it takes place on the tube, so you've got that atmosphere. But really, there's nothing to frighten you too much. Early on, you see what the cannibal or the monster or, well, Brando, because it, it could have been, is doing with the, 
with the, the, the with the body. So you see early on what the what the cannibal the creature is doing, and you don't really need to see it again. You see it many times. The um, Patricia, who he um, who he captures, who's um, who's the, the 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 woman in the in the couple. They're a swinging swinging seventies hippie couple. Alex Campbell, played by David Ladd, is the uh, is the other character, the other person in that, and um, and he's not bad. He's a bit vanilla, but mainly we're there for those actors there. Unassuming Rossington, Wiley. Um, Wiley Swift and the wonderful Donald Pleasance. Sharp, seemingly unassuming, a little bit odd. And he plays that so well. This movie's worth a look for those actors and for Christopher Lee in that one scene. Otherwise, you can make a cup of tea. A bit like Pleasance. Ta-ta.